Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 160. Meow, 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 Really, I think that's why most people just listen to the show. Tune out after the first 30 <laughs> seconds, you know? <laughs> so we're recording a cat game today. Would you like to guess what cat game we're recording? There aren't that many. So I could probably, actually, you know, there are a lot of cat games lately, aren't there? I have, I have no idea how many there are. There's quite a what few. If, I wonder if one time Tom Vass is going to do a top 10 cat-themed games. <laughs> Maybe. I even got a couple cat role-playing games. Cat Thuhu and uh, th- there's two. There's another. What's the other one called? The Secret of Cats. Yeah, <laughs> cats are a theme. Interesting. They really are. Welcome to the Cat well, Show. <laughs> and Albert has plenty of cats, as I'm sure many of our astute listeners has heard in the background. That's right. Cats and dogs. There's there's one cat here now. I hear a cat meowing in the distance. So I, on yeah. the other hand, have never had a cat in my house except when I was little and growing up. But we don't want to take care of no stinking cats. Too much trouble. I have kids instead. (laughs) Cats are easier. Cats clean up after themselves. That's true. That's honestly true. (laughs) Anyway, we are recording Isle of Cats. Not I Love Cats. Isle of Cats. So a cat island. A cat island. Many, many cats. More than you can shake a stick at. And all of them... Weird. Weird and unknowable. I've heard of this game. Uh, I have never played it. I, I don't even think I've seen it. But I've really, heard it's really good. Really, you haven't seen it? I haven't Have seen you seen it. any of the pictures of all the kitties? I I looked the other day at pictures of it, and it looks like there's little wooden cats, maybe, and a big ship. There's big ships, there's little cats, there's also cat tiles. So this is a um, polyomino game where the basic idea of the game is that over a series of rounds, you are going to be using fish, which is the currency of the game, in order to entice cats to your boat. Because this guy, Vesh Darkhand or Vesh Redhand, Vesh Crimson Hand, can't remember, but Vesh, this evil guy Vesh, is coming to this island of mystical cats. And he's going to be trying to kill all of the cats. And your goal is to fill up your boat with as many cats as is possible, and coincidentally a little bit of treasure to line your pockets with and run away from Vesh before he arrives having rescued some cats for ostensibly good reasons unclear unclear why Vesh wants them unclear a lot about the darker stories behind this have you but, seen the movie called Isle of, Isle of Dogs no I never have okay it's, a, it's an animation and it, it's really weird and kind of grim and you know, it's alright though but it, it there's an island with all these dogs and some bad guys trying to kill them and you go in to rescue them. Are they fantastic dogs or regular dogs? They... Some dogs are more fantastic than others, yes. <laughs> oh, all the dogs in this one are fantastic. Like, one of the types of cats has antlers growing out of its head. Oh. And another one has, like, a spiky mace tail. Like, it's got, like, a ball at the end with, like, spikes. And they're all theoretically someone intelligent and... Like one of one type has vines growing out of it, and like 
they're very fantastical. I mean, they're they're based on very vibrant colors. Like there's the red, the purple, the blue, the yellow, the green, and the white cats. So, I mean, once we're already in red and purple cats, we already know we're in fantastic land. And also once we're talking about magic. <laughs> okay, that sounds cool. Yeah, I don't remember this movie too, and I, I saw it last year. And it was really strange and surreal, and I do think there's some superpowered dogs in it and whatnot. Anyway, I know it's a tangent, but I highly recommend the movie. Well, I mean, all of this is really just speaking towards the general theme of the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, But before I get to that, one thing about summary is that there are actually three variants that the game itself includes. There's the basic game, um, which is the experienced game, which which uses almost all the components. It uses the baskets and all of the fish and the board and the the player boards everything uses the player boards are the ships like you spoke about and the cats are always used but the treasures are fully used in this one all the rules are here there's also the family version of the game which simplifies many of the rules takes out the excuse me takes out the card drafting element makes the game a little bit simpler and then there's the solo version of the game so there's actually three different ones in the game and I'll definitely highlight the differences between them as we go through it okay sound good mm-hmm. yep yep so before we start anything let me just talk about the theme for a moment as i mentioned you are trying to rescue these cats from vesh dark hand um when i'm playing this with my kids one of the things that makes them the most happy and also theoretically the most sad is when we are able to rescue as many cats as possible, especially if you're playing the family version of the game, it's actually a possibility for no cat to be left behind and to actually rescue all the cats, as long as you're actually playing in six players. <laughs> if you're not playing in six players, it's actually patently impossible to rescue all the cats in the bag. There will still be cats left in the draw bag that didn't even come out of the course of the game. And my kids get actually sad when we get to the end of the game they're like i can't fit any more cats on the on the board they're, they're gonna die <laughs> they're being left behind <laughs> the poor cats so <laughs> the theme definitely comes through you love these cats they're cute they're playful and you definitely get the idea i always had a question i wonder if maybe watching that movie of yours would bring it to me these cats are facing death by someone who apparently wants to poach them and steal their magic power and kill them. They're facing death. And for some reason, you have to try and trick them to get on their get on your boat so you can save them. They're so they're such bad cats, they won't even come on your boat to save their lives. <laughs> so I'm not sure if this is saying something about cats in general or just the mechanics of the game, but they're bad cats. <laughs> it, hurting cats is a hard thing. It really, really is. Something <laughs> along those lines. Hurting cats is definitely difficult. So if you own a cat, that theme comes through. So much so that if you haven't seen it, the inside of the top box lid says insert cat here as part <laughs> of the picture on it. Because cats, for some reason, always like to go inside the box lids mm-hmm. when you don't want them to. So this one specifically calls out that the cat is going to go inside the box lid. It, yeah, it's true. That's handy. And it's a, I'm looking at pictures on BGG, and there's tons of pictures of cats in the lid. And it's a good-sized box. It would hold most cats. It won't hold my fat cat. It is will, a huge Who makes box. all the boxes bulge at the corners. Because <laughs> the fat <laughs> cat goes in the boxes? Yeah, he goes in any box. He'll, he'll, I don't oh, know why look, they do Oneerum. That. This is a perfect size for me. I fit in Oneerum just fine. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> no, he doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah, do I don't know why they do. Oh, that. look, descent. This is the perfect size for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every, but, yeah. And it's great because you're playing a game, and uh, the cat wants to walk on the board and you know knock the pieces around. So all you do is set up the box nearby, and the cat will go into the box, and you can play the game fine. I hear you. So definitely the uh, the theme of cute, adorable cats comes through, even if the idea of trying to run for your life doesn't so much. <laughs> or how nice you are that, like, you couldn't fit... Like, you couldn't ask these cats to take up a little bit less room to save one more cat. Like, nah, I need exactly this space. Who cares about him? Like, oh. <laughs> But cute, adorable cats as a theme definitely comes through. So that's theme with a big old check. Let's talk about the rules for a moment. I mentioned the family version of the game. It's actually a separate rule page. It's a separate set of rules than the main rule book. Um, it's a two-page, so it's a front and back on one leaf, um, rules for the family version of the game. And the family version of the game is very simple. In fact, it's so simple, I would probably recommend them, unless you're a very experienced gamer, you possibly are if you're listening to this, but even then, I learned by playing the family game first. It's still a very fun version of the game, and it's a very easy-to-learn set of the rules because the part of the crux of this game is about cat placement. You want to have all of one color of a, of a cat, all of that group together, because the bigger that group is, the more points they're worth. And you want to try and fill your board as well as possible because rats showing count as negative points, and if a room is not completely filled, that counts as negative points. And that's kind of a major point of the game. So learning the game and having to deal only with all of the placement things on the board first is a great way of learning the game. And essentially, that's what the family rules come down to. Because there's no card drafting, there's no special powers, there's no special rules about this card does that and stealing things from the player and having to economize your fish usage. It's all about getting a cat, putting it in the right place and monopolizing how you put it on the boat. So it's really easy to understand. It's really short. And I think it's a really good way of learning the game because it's essentially just one of the mechanics, probably the core mechanic of the game taken out and really focused. And honestly, I love that because it means that I can play this game really well with my younger kids. I'm breaking way ahead of the summary when we're only on rules here. But honestly, I really <laughs> love that. I'm just going to say it now. I love that there's a family version of this game and also the experienced version of the game because that means that I can play it with my kids or I can play it as a much more downtime filler or I can play it with inexperienced gamers and it still scales up really easily or even if after... An inexperienced person plays it for a few times. It's really easy to scale it up into the full version of the game because they were only really playing the family version. There's all these components left over, which is just amazing. Like I'm so much so that I think this was the first game I've seen that really did that well. Um, and now it's like a huge highlight for me. I've even backed a game or two on Kickstarter since then because they do this idea of here's the family version, here's the regular version, and it just gives me faith. Mm -hmm. um so moving on to the rules i apologize for tangentially getting into my thoughts there but moving on to the rules for the full version of the game um this is a more uh, this is the full version of the rule book it's got quite a number of pages um and it was especially after having gone through the family version of the game first it was 
also pretty easy to learn to understand how to play, with one notable exception. And uh, it's possible that this is just as much my fault as anybody else's. But um, when I backed the game on Kickstarter, I backed it with all the stuff. And because I backed it with all the stuff, there was a whole set of cards that the game came with that were bonus Kickstarter stuff or expansion stuff or being played with, with extra players or for increasing the playability. And the rules really didn't tell you enough about how to use those or even about how to integrate them or how to just don't use them, like super highlight. Just if you're not fully clear on the game, just don't touch them. That's, that's really what the takeaway should have been. Like a big old warning label on these. Do not open yet. Mm-hmm. because the rules just weren't clear on what to do with those cards. If you had never heard of, or you just got the retail version of the game and never heard of those cards, I think the rules were perfectly fine. But it wasn't really ever addressed until you started looking online for clarifications about how to use those well, which was at least an oversight for a Kickstarter-produced game that fully was aware of those. But otherwise, the rules were pretty clear. Okay. Yeah, I, I find that frustrating when the components aren't clearly explained. There's another game I played, uh, Hillinox, where it brought all these cards and mm-hmm. some of the expansions and some aren't, and they're all mixed together, so it's really hard to tell which cards are what. It, it takes a while just to get it all sorted out the first time. I mean, these ones actually were, they were <laughs> well, <yeah>. packaged separately. <laughs> they were yeah, packaged well, separately. That's on you for if, sure, yeah. <laughs> if you didn't be like, oh, all the things, I'm going to open everything, and oh, this is so exciting. If you weren't that kind of person, which admittedly I am, I am the sort of person who as soon as I get a game, I open it um, and punch it because I enjoy the initial punch and sorting. But if you're that kind of person, don't, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and it's just I just feel like it should have given some sort of warning or even explanation after the fact about oh I did this now what do I do hmm. anyway so, so the rules you yeah, said the, the is it three separate rule books then and are they complete like it is not three separate rule books it is two separate rule books the family version um, is a separate rule rule page it's just a it's one leaf um, front and back but it's self contained and it's separate. Okay. It's separate. It's its own separate page. Like, you can hold it five feet away from the other rule book if you wanted. You could pass it around the table if you wanted, which, because it's a placement game, it's actually handy to do so. Okay. So I could, for example, open up the box, burn the uh, the rule book, and just have that sheet left and know how to play the, the family game completely? Yes, you could. Okay. Which was a great thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like when... When the rules are self-contained like that. Mm-hmm. So let me talk about the components now, moving on to the next section. Um, first, there's all of the different tiles are unique, generally. Um, it may be similar type poses with the different color cats, but like all the different tile shapes, things like that, are all uniquely illustrative for that type of cat. Um, so Hmm. it all looks vibrant and dynamic on the board because it's not just polyomino with the cats in slightly different shapes. These are cats with a lot of different character between them and they're also super adorable. (laughs) They're really cute. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, and the tiles are pretty, I mean, there's like 
the cats, you're looking down at the cat, and they're, I guess, on the wooden ship. Mm-hmm. So you can see the wood under them. Because mm-hmm. you lay them on the floorboard of the... the you, you lay them on the deck of the ship, so yes, it just ends up looking like the deck. Mm-hmm. Are these double-sided? So you could lay them facing either way? They side. are double-sided, so you can face them either way. Okay. Um... So that's with regard to the cats. You're going to be putting them in a big white bag. So one of the concerns that I had with it was that it had to be very durable. So I tried to be very careful when I was punching them. Um, And some people have asked, like, if you're shaking around all those tiles, how durable are they? I think that other than the one that maybe was split a little bit straight off the punch, I haven't really seen any issues with them. But I try to be pretty careful. I'm not very um, intense on shaking it around in order to shuffle up the bag. So I don't think that I've, I, I don't think I've given like a super huge stress test to be care, to to try and do that. But based on my general usage of plays, and I've had a fair number of plays on it. I haven't really seen too much wear on any of them except for a single tile. So the the cat tiles, which are important to be durable, have been relatively durable. Nice. Um, Speaking to the player boards, there are actually, especially if you get the Kickstarter pack, there's multiple player boards. There's, I think, six player boards, or maybe even more. Um, And each of the player boards actually has a unique aquatic friend that is traveling along with your boat. And that unique uh, aquatic friend is unique on both sides of the board, because one side of the board is family style, and one side of the board is regular style. So each of the boards looks unique. Each of the board has a different layout of rats across the board, which adds more replayability and also just makes it look really pretty because everyone has different different aquatic friends that hang out. So by that I mean like there's some turtles in one or there's some flying birds or an octopus or dolphins or things like that. Okay. Uh, so that's for all the different player boards. Um in the in the retail version of the game, it has fish tokens, which show ones and fives on them. And there's also a deluxe version of the tokens, which I think is even available on their website at this point in time for anybody else to purchase. So it's not an exclusive. Um, but it's a set of wooden tiles for the fish. And we did use the wooden tiles. One thing that humors me is that it's supposed to be ones and fives for the fishes. But the fives look really very much like a three. I can see that there's shadowy fish in, like, the background to make it into a full five. But it looks like Mm. a three, and every time I play the game, I feel like, just be aware, this is supposed to be a five. Just accept that it's a five. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. But they're very chunky. They're they're very nice to use, and they look really nice. So other than the fact that it may look a little bit like three, I'm pretty satisfied about the components. Um, Let me talk about another aspect of it, which is all of the cards. This is a game with a lot of cards, because even though I've mentioned about the cat tiles being a main part of the game, there's also a drafting. The way it works is you deal everyone um, X number of cards, seven number of cards, um, and you are drafting around those, trying to get cards that will match whatever strategy it is that you're doing. Cards can either be immediate use special powers like let you take an extra turn or an extra cat or take some free fish or get extra baskets because when you're playing the full version of the game you need to take baskets 
to combine with a fish to load a fish, uh, load a cat rather, from the island onto your ship. So you need baskets to run those in the interims. So if you have more baskets or more boots, which lets you go higher in player count in, in player order. So you're drafting all these cards to do different things. There's a couple, and there's also lesson cards, excuse me. So you have, in family version, you have starting lesson cards, and that's all you get. In full version, you draft lesson cards over the course of the game. Lesson cards are sort of like bonus goals that you get, like get exactly five purple cats, or you get one point for each color cat that's touching the outside edge, or you get a whole bunch of points if you completely fill your boat, or all all mm-hmm. sorts of things, many, many different yep. things. And so those are the lesson cards, bonus things, which means that everybody can, over the course of the game, have their own unique goals that they're pushing towards. Um, there's, and so there's also the solo, uh, solo cards, and I haven't really discussed so much about the solo gameplay. I will get to that. Uh, but there's also the solo cards. Each of those different cards have a slightly different player back. So the solo cards do, the family cards do, and the main cards do. And on the main cards, they have different fronts for many of the cards because in order to increase replayability, especially if you get the the bonus pack, you can swap out different lesson counts. And if you're having a higher player count, you can add in more lesson cards. So you'll need to be able to quickly be able to see which ones are in the game and which ones should not be in the game. And that's very easy to do. You can quickly see which ones are for the family game and which ones aren't. That said, while they do have different player backs, the player backs are relatively similar. Mm. Um, It's close to the same style, and if you've got two in front of you, you'll be able to see it. And if you're sorting it out, you'll be able to see it. But if you did 52 pickup, which is something like 150 cards, um, <laughs> you're going to have a big mess in your hand and it's not going to be so easy. So I highly recommend that you come up with some sort of storage method to keep the different card decks stored differently so that you don't easily confuse them. You'll need it. Gotcha, okay. Speaking of storage, because there is so many cards in this game you'll want to come up with a storage method because there's there's not an insert in, included in the game. And I'm not even sure what they necessarily could have other than just making essentially a card well because you really want a card well to store all the cards because there are so many of them. And you want them to fit so that you can get all of the other components in the box. You want to fit in all the car- the the player boards and the cat tiles and things like that. And so the developer, when he originally published them, like there's been other pictures posted about how to fit it in the game in the in the game box. But even putting it in that way, I found that the cards just fit in very loosely into the game, into the box, and it was very easy for it to get essentially shuffled around. So I had to fashion out mm-hmm. of some the, out of some spare chipboard, essentially just a player well that I sort of just glued in to the corner of the board. It would have been super nice if such a thing had been included, and it literally could have been just some chipboard pieces that even just folded into that and sat there. Yeah, even, even just a cardboard box to put them in. Yeah, it would have been such a nice thing to have thought to include and just didn't get included, and there's certainly room for it. And I, I, there could have been ways to to do that, and I really would have loved it because be, because there's so many cards in this game, it 
it is something you're going to want to think about how you put the game away to make sure that you don't make a mess and to make sure that things stay relatively sorted, especially since, as I mentioned, and as happened, if you have to play 52-card pickup with all 150 <laughs> cards, you're, you're not having fun. And it looks, looking at pictures, it looks like the box is big enough that you could make a really nice insert for it and to organize all the bits and, and still have plenty of space. It looks pretty special. I don't, I don't know if you really do because vertical-wise you may run out of room, especially since you need to have somewhere for the big box of cats. And I also don't really know that you would really need too much of an insert because it's really like you, you need to put the player board somewhere. You maybe need like some sort of insert to hold all the cat types if you're having the meep, the cat meeples. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe? Maybe you could. I certainly didn't have room for it in mine because I have deluxe cat meeples, which takes up a bit more room. But, okay. yeah, that's about that. So I think that just about covers the components and... Probably my best summary for components would be pretty high quality and super adorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Looking at BGG, I'm I'm just enjoying going through all the pictures over and over. <laughs> it's really a nice looking game. It is certainly an eye catching game, just in how nice it looks, bright and vibrant. And who who are the publisher and designers? That's a good question, sir. Mention it's a Kickstarter. Is it a, is it a Frank West is the designer, and it's the City of Games is the publisher, which is his own publishing company. Okay. Oh, um, shall we continue on, Albert? Or do yeah. you have something else to say I, about components? I no, I'm looking forward to hearing the solo rules. How the solo. <laughs> Well, let me talk about regular gameplay for a moment first. So I think that I've actually sort of slid in a lot of the rules about it, but let me just go through it and say my thoughts on the gameplay in general. So it's happening over the course of five rounds, and each round is, and for the most part, I've already mentioned the family rules. So I'm going to be focusing really on the full version of the rules. There's five There's five rounds. First thing that you do in each round is you're going to be distributing 20 fish to every player. Then you're going to be going through and drafting those cards. Each of the cards says on it how much it costs. Once you draft it, you have a choice of, in Terraforming Mars style, not holding some of the cards you drafted. Let's say you hate drafted, or you just couldn't use it in the end after you did your whole draft. So you can pitch some of them, so you discard them, get rid of them. Then you have to pay for any of the cards that you have, which is actually a trust exercise. Um, you total up all the cards that you have, you announce what the total you have to pay for them is, and you pay them. Nobody else checks your math. Nobody else checks to make sure that you're not undervaluing cards that you kept. Uh, they just trust that you pay for it. I've definitely played with someone who hated that rule. I told them, suck it up. <laughs> because they were not happy trusting other people. I said, you need to work on some trust exercises and get married. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I have no issues with it. Apparently, a couple of people have asked the designer about this, and the designer has said, don't play with people who you think are going to cheat. Because there's no way of checking it. <laughs> I don't yeah. do it with my kids, because they can't math. That's a different point. That, yeah, that's totally different. <laughs> or just let them come up with a number. Yeah, that, that's possible. Or I just give it to them for free, one or the other. Um, so <laughs> anyway, you pay for those cards, and then once you've done that, you will start to draft cats from the island. 
you'll put out from the island two types of number of player cats that come out, and half of them cost three fish, and half of them are going to cost five fish. And there may be in the island specific cats that you want, which is why it's important to draft boots during the card drafting phase and then actually play those boots. Because everybody altogether is going to, when you start the cat drafting phase, reveal how many boots and baskets they're playing. Boots will determine who goes first. Baskets will determine how many cats you actually get to rescue. So if, if there's a cat that you specifically need because it fits in a hole or it fits with a excuse me or it fits with a lesson that you're doing or heavens knows what reason, but if it fits in, then you want to get a lot of boots and make sure that you grab it. Um, or if you're doing some other trick, you may want boots. But that's that. So then we're going to draft through all those cats. And then once you decide you're not going to pay for any more, um, or you just, or they've all been drafted one or the other, you will stop. There are also on the board some treasure maps. When you put a cat of, on a treasure map and they are the same color, the cat and the treasure map are the same color, you also get to pick one of the treasures that are available and put it on your board. Some of those treasures may be rare treasures, which give you a point within the game and are slightly bigger than general generic treasures. They're just pretty pieces of shiny that go on your board and are apparently more important than saving cats. Yeah, treasure's always good. Treasure's always good. You will continue doing that over five rounds until at the end of five rounds, uh, Vesh Darkhand or Vesh Redhand, Vesh Ivoryhand, Vesh will come back and everybody else will have to run away and determine how many points they've gotten by figuring out what lessons they follow and how much cat families they've done and calculate it up on the handy dandy score sheet. Okay. Gameplay, gameplay is really fun. Um, gameplay can go pretty fast. Drafting phase goes pretty fast. Again, everyone, it's, it's not super complicated cards, so you don't have to think a lot for the drafting phase, or rather you're not having to analyze, assess, and spend a lot of time staring at the cards. It moves pretty quickly. That is in stark comparison with how things go once you have to start drafting the kitties. Some people, I'm not naming any names, some people <laughs> will like to, when we're drafting those kitties, wait until it's their turn, go through each cat at that point to be like, let me pick this one up. Where can I fit this on my board? Nowhere. Maybe a different one will work. Let me look at all of them. And they will slowly, <laughs> meticulously go through, pick up each individual cat, determine where it goes on the board. It, there is definitely room for a slow player to bring this game to a halt. Yeah, I see. Which can make the game very painful to play. I'm not saying I've played with people like that, but I've played with people like that. It is so painful. I don't like doing it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not a problem at all when you're playing solo because there's nobody else you have to wait for. <laughs> yeah, and the frustrating thing about that is that that strategy of figuring every single perfect move takes forever, but it also works pretty well. Gets <laughs> a person a lot more points. I don't know if it does, even, because I'm generally able like. I cannot plan in advance. I can see the cat tiles. Like, I can see I want that one. Like, if somebody grabs it the turn before I do, at that point, they'll be like, ah, sh shoot. One moment, please. <laughs> and then I have to take a second. But generally, I'm like, I'm able to look at my board and be like, I really need a purple cat that looks like this. There it is. I want it. 
Give it to me. Nobody <laughs> yeah. else take it, please. There's there's been a couple times that like at the beginning of the round, I'm like, I want cat, especially because I'm used to playing solo, and I apologize for making reference to it. But like, there's been a couple times where, like I want, like I want to make a note to myself. I want cats one, four, six, and three, preferably in that order. And like at that point in time, let the rest of the round just go what it is. Let me just consult my note. Like number one is still there. Perfect. It's mine. <laughs> I'll just grab mm-hmm. it. So. Like, if you're able to visualize that, you can. Certain people who are really bad at visually looking at games, who are coincidentally also really bad at playing tiny towns and visualizing how to organize your town. <laughs> yep. Um, and who also may live in the house with me and are fortunately not in the room with me right now, able to listen to me talking about this particular aspect, <laughs> are really slow and can really bring this game to a halt um which in good part is one reason why the family game's a little bit more fun there's less to think about with that oh uh, yeah and the solo game is fun because and the solo game is fun because you don't have to like yeah anyway so i'm just saying that if you like to play the game super fast and be able to analyze things without having to pick it all up um you may get frustrated with having to sit there with someone who does that that mm-hmm. said I will say that in general, most people don't really have that problem, and I generally have a lot of fun playing the game. Granted, I've not had the opportunity to play it outside my house in a long time, but I have had the opportunity to play it in my house quite a few times recently. Okay. Um, That is talking about all of the gameplay. I think we're ready to move on to the solo gameplay. You with me, Albert? I'm with you, but we gotta speed up because we've been at it for half an hour. Uh, noted i think this is the last thing that we're on to final thoughts so i think we're okay half hour is about what i was aiming for you were just giving an example of a person that takes your time about the turn oh gosh (laughs) so for the solo gameplay you are theoretically playing against your sister your normally when you're playing with other players they're in separate boats your sister is in the boat with you and she exists only to cause problems, but also to come take some of the cats somewhere else. It's really unclear where your sister is. <laughs> but you're playing against your sister. And the idea of how that goes is there's a whole set of solo cards, which are going to be used to determine how fast your sister plays her turn and which cats she's going to do. When you're doing the draft for your cards, you'll be able to draft those more freely just using like a staggered draft. So one, three, five, and taking X number and setting the other ones aside for her to use. Um, There's a separate set of solo cards which are going to determine how many boats and how many baskets she gets each round. Then you will continue to flip over solo cards because you will line up the cats in a row so that there will be eight cats all in a row. And you'll sort of like paint them in your head. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And she will flip over a card on her turn and take one of those cats. She will also have a set of lesson cards that will be revealed slowly over the course of the game. And those lesson cards will actually just be taking away points from you if if you haven't managed to work your way around it. So, for example, it'll say you lose a point for every purple cat or some such things like that. So they're not lessons that she's working to. They're lessons that you have to avoid in order to avoid losing points. 
Are so these this, lessons the same lesson cards as before, or are these solo-specific lessons? These are solo-specific lesson cards. Okay. Generally, lesson cards are worth positive points for you. These yep. are lesson cards that you've you've randomized for her at the start of the game, and they have a different back even for them. They say solo specifically on the back of them. Okay. They, they look almost the same on the front, except that they say minus points for stuff. Got it. Okay. So this does turn out to be just a beat-your-own-score with a randomizer involved. And so you're still trying to beat your own score. You're not trying to actually beat your sister. Your sister only exists to mess around with you. Um, that said, I very much enjoy playing the solo game. I think that there's a lot of value. I, I'm, I'm not a sort of person who doesn't like beat your own score versus beating actual opponent. It was weird to me, though, that when I started reading it, I was like, oh, there's a sister. There's an actual opponent that you're trying to beat. And as I read the rules a bit more, I was like, wait wait a second. She doesn't actually exist. It's I'm not actually trying to, to beat her. I'm not she trying to get more meddling. points than she her. She just came She's along. Just, Right, but she didn't even come along because theoretically the cat that, she, that she's getting, she's taking to her boat somehow, except her boat doesn't exist, and she's not getting lessons for her boat. Her lessons affect your boat. I'm guessing so, she's really know. bringing the cats to your boat, and she's just so bad that they're getting lost instead and going nowhere. It could be. But there was certainly a sort of cognitive dissonance for me about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. playing with... An opponent that wasn't actually beat your own score type opponent. So, but I'm sorry, plenty of types of opponent that you weren't trying to beat their score, just one that's trying to do it. That said, it was still really enjoyable. I really liked having the solo game. It maintains all the same feeling as the other one because you're still doing a draft, you're still having all the card layouts, you're still using all the baskets, and you're still having someone who you have. You may have to rush, and it may not. You may not have had to rush, or you may try and rush as much as you can, and then she just gets one more up on you, just a little bit faster than you, and that's just the way things go. So I thought that the solo game was really a lot of fun. Um, a little bit of kind of distance to it, but I do I did enjoy it a lot. Nice, okay. Um, one last actual variant of the game, which I nearly forgot to mention, is a remote version of the game. Um for everyone who enjoys this game but may want to play it with friends who they can't see during these coronavirus times, um, the publisher and the designer has come up with a remote version of the game where you can play over Skype and only one person needs to have a copy of the game. Everyone else can download these printable sheets, um, preferably mm-hmm. with markers, where you can download the sheet and then over Skype, um, they'll show what cards and stuff and cats they've drawn and then you'll organize them on your player sheet in order to total up your cards. The designer's actually done a whole bunch of YouTube videos where he's played it, and if you haven't played it yet, you can literally just play it online with him. If you were thinking about, maybe I like the game, maybe I won't, in all honesty, that's a great way of seeing if you like the game or not, because you can just play it remote. You can It's, it's almost like a demo, downloading a demo of the game. Because it really, really feels cool. so similar to the game. And you at this point in time, you don't even need to print the player boards for the solo game. You can play it online on the computer, and it actually keeps your score, keeps track of the cards that you've, do- that you've drawn. It's an even easier way of doing it than downloading, because it keeps all the colors and things like that, without actually having to find all the markers. <laughs> so if you ever wished that there was such a thing as a downloadable demo for a board game, here you go, here it is. 
and it feels really similar to the actual game. I've never seen a downloadable demo, but this is the sort of thing that we're coming up with. And that's pretty darn cool. Current yeah. times, it is really yeah. Cool. That that's the kind of innovation that happens now. And I highly recommend that you try it out, Albert. Mm-hmm. That that is so, really neat that he did that. That's pretty clever. It is pretty clever. It's it's. I'm not sure if you could do it with too many games, but this right, game is yeah. perfect for it. So I give this two thumbs up. I really like it. It's an adorable game, and I thought that it was well worth the money for it. My family, all of my family, littlest to biggest, have all enjoyed the game. I enjoy it solo. Really give it a cool, okay. great so, review. So a couple questions. Um, this is a comment maybe. I noticed that there's a picture of all the cards in a box. A person made a nice little box for it with dividers. And it looks like most of the cards are for the solo game. Is that right? No. No, not most of the cards are for the solo game. Um, you'll use most of the cards in the solo game, but there's a small deck of cards that is used for solo, which is the solo lessons and the solo um, uh, solo draft cards, the cards that determine how fast and which fish, which cats, rather, the sister is grabbing. Ah, okay. Then I guess but you should use... put a divider for the first set of cards. It, it could be. You'll use all the other cards for you drafting because you're going to be drafting all the rest of the cards just like you would in a regular game for you to pick. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there anything in the solo game, anything from the the full game that isn't used in the solo game? No, that. nothing. Nothing. Okay, that's nice. And how long does a game last, a single play? I know it could take forever, but it could also be pretty quick, <laughs> I guess. Um, it generally takes about an hour and a half when you're playing with other players. I, I'd say sometimes it could take a lot longer, especially like if you're playing with the full five, six player count. It could take like mm-hmm. two, three hours. Um, but for solo play, which is really where I'm more familiar with how long it takes, it takes me about 30 to 40 minutes to play the whole game through, including actually set up a, set up a takedown because I've got it all divided up in, in a planner box in there, so it doesn't take me very long to set up the game. Um, okay. So it takes me about 30, 40 minutes, which is actually about how long it takes to play a remote game also, because I played a couple of remote games. Nice, okay. And, and then finally, one more question is the, uh, what's the, the full game? What is, is it a medium weight, lightweight? About medium weight. But, okay. That's neat. Okay. I think I've summarized most of the mechanics for you. There's no other surprise mechanics. It's about medium weight. It's, it's a polyomino game. Most of the yeah. difficulty is going to be in organizing your lessons, making sure that you're proceeding towards those as goals, and organizing your board. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, it, it sounds interesting. Because I've been playing Spring Metal a lot lately, which is also a polyonimo game. But that that's definitely lighter. There's definitely strategy in it, but it's really just picking a piece and placing it. There isn't any... Or maybe that's why I'm not that good at it. But there isn't a whole lot of thought about <laughs> how getting the scores maximized and all that. There's, no, there's, there's obviously definitely, some, but... There's definitely thought because you have to match your drafted cards with the, card, with the cats that you're doing and mm-hmm. how you place them on the boards so that you're not leaving over space and covering over the rats because the boards can get really tight. So there definitely is a lot of strategy that goes into it. I definitely say that it's a medium game. It's But because as a family version, it can get so much lighter once you take out all the cards and just move to the polyomino at its lightest. It's probably similar to to um, Spring Meadow. It's it's very similar to the complexity of Patchwork in its family version. Okay. I have not played Patchwork. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yep. I have never tried hmm. it. I should, but I haven't. You should. Okay. I don't think I have any other questions. The game looks really cool. <laughs> it looks fun. The ca- I've been looking at the pictures in BGG, and i got to say that's more fun for this game than it is for most other games. 
I agree. It is a beautiful and adorable game. Because the game looks mm-hmm. really nice. There's lots of cat pictures in there. A lot of cute cats and boxes and stuff. And you going to give the remote game a try, Albert? Yeah, I definitely want to give the game a try. I should download it and, and play it, like you said. Good luck. So thank, we'll include links for, for how to find all that then. <laughs> we'll do. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. I- enjoy your cats. And good night. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-like license. Thanks for listening.